Get back to nature, y'all. Yes. <laughs> you have to get some natural food, dude. You gotta keep it chilling, cause I got a good feeling deep within my heart. It's open so wide. Yo. Let's collectivate, activate. This is the time. Get off your computers and free your mind. Get your feet back in the earth. This is the time. Like a tree and a bee, bird, butterfly. People wonder why I gotta give it to the most high peaks. Cause I bring to the beat and I seek truth within. Coming once again. I'm here with Edrick. Kick, 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 kick it. Welcome to Beyond the Matrix with your host, Edrick Suber. Have you ever wondered if this is all there is in life? What lies beyond what we were made to believe? In this podcast, we're going to uncover real human stories of those who have taken courage to go off the beaten path and live in full authenticity. We're going to challenge what you believe is possible, fuel your spirit with courage and heart with warmth to fully live your truth. So buckle up and get ready for the ride beyond the matrix. Welcome back to Beyond the Matrix. Our guest for today is the master of healthy, conscious, farm-to-table cuisine. And he has worked for the actor Will Smith and his family as a freelance chef. And not only that, his love for travel and food and nature has led him to cook and design recipes and menus for lots of retreats and food brands and restaurants around the world and today we're very glad to have him to talk a little bit about the book that he's launching called retreat which is a play words between retreat and eat and we're going to hear his journey of what gets him to be so passionate about just this really unique intersection of human connection community healthy food and and a thriving planet. I'm um, yeah. really curious to dig in. And so without further ado, uh, please welcome Evan Real. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, just really happy to be here. And I love your energy and excited to uh, discuss and explore. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is like, do you ever grow up thinking that you're actually going to publish a book? No, <laughs> but I do remember um, when I was a kid watching uh, cooking shows mm. and those kind of had like a pretty big impact on me at like a hard time in my life. Mm. And um, yeah, it was cool. I liked watching them. I'd get super hungry. I'd be watching <laughs> like, oh man, I want to eat that. And it just uh, inspired me to start cooking. And my sister and I started cooking uh together when my basically my parents split up mm-hmm. and then my mom went back to college so we were alone a lot mm-hmm. and in that time I was watching a lot of cooking shows mm-hmm. and uh, and then we started cooking and like I remember like making this uh Caesar salad from uh, Emerald I don't know if you've heard of him no he was kind of famous for going bam <laughs> at the time like lots of people would say um anyways we made the Caesar salad and I remember like leaving an app for my mom for when she came home and like she was so grateful and it was just a cool um it had a really cool impact on my life mm. and that's actually one of my goals after the book is to have a cooking show so Sweet. and it, it travel surf adventure cooking and 
um, exploring different cultures and indigenous people and their relationships to food. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what makes me feel so intrigued to talk to you about your journey because you're not just a chef who's cooking food, but you have this love for nature and uh, the jungle and Mother Earth and community. And there's a lot of things in there. And I'm intrigued by like what was the the journey to kind of like get to who you are and yeah and the, the inspiration behind this book and we can talk a little bit about like the what makes this this book so unique beyond just like a normal cookbook yeah sure um i think what makes it unique is it's a book really about connection and about helping people form a greater connection to the earth mm. and to themselves and their community through food like using food as a medium mm. um, rather than a cookbook that is like do this recipe and you mm. get to eat something good it's more like what are all the blessings you can have from cooking other than the eating like of mm -hmm. course everyone loves eating especially if it's good food it's like yeah. the the cherry on top the pinnacle yeah. yeah but there's all these amazing experiences that happen in the process where meeting farmers or growing the food and creating that connection to the earth and that mm. community um, spending time with loved ones cooking together being present with food, the smells in the kitchen, and like there's all these really beautiful experiences mm, yeah. that come around food, which is such a big part of most humans' everyday life. Yeah. And as we're moving into this faster paced, modern technological time, yeah. I'm noticing more and more people are missing all those blessings that come out of food mm. other than the eating. Yeah. And so I would say it's about that in a way. And from cooking for a lot of retreats, a retreat is a space where people step out of their everyday life mm. and they live in a different reality. And generally it's slowed down. Yeah. There's more connection. Um, and I was the one making the food for all these different kinds of retreats. Yeah. But holding that kind of center space of like, okay, I'm nourishing the people and with food but also energetically because mm. that's what i do yeah um, and so there's all these cool lessons that came from that and things i saw that like wow like this could help so many people that haven't been on a retreat just in their everyday life to be mm. like hey you know what let's like not work this sunday and let's just like get together and cook and like hang out as a family or hang out as friends and mm. create those connections yeah there's yeah. so much that goes that that's, that goes beyond the food that we eat on the plate. There's so much story and values, like you kind of alluded to, like where's the food coming from, like the process of gathering the food and bringing people together to to harvest, to grow, and to cook together. It it, it does food brings people together, and I think often in today's day and age, like we take food for granted as something just to to appeal to our palatable kind of pleasures and uh, sustain ourselves, especially now that everything is so easy and on demand to get food delivered to your plate. You yeah. forget about the story behind where is the food coming from and what's the process to get that food to your, to your, to your table. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And as, as we can become more connected to that process, I see it as a way connecting people back to the earth mm. because that's where all of our food comes from. Yeah. And as we start understanding and really acknowledging that connection, it's natural to want to take better care of the earth 
this thing that's feeding us and nourishing us. And so that's that's a big mission of mine is to help people get more into connection with the earth. And I think naturally anything we connect with and we grow a love for, we want to take care of it. Right. We want to treat it good. Right. And in doing that, it also treats us good. And we build this really positive relationship. Mm. And somewhere in the process, I think probably around the Industrial Revolution, things kind of went like mm. <laughs> a little bit out of whack. Right. So it's like, um, and a lot of that connection was lost. And a lot of like doing things in a way that's like good for me, good for the earth, good for me, good for you. Like let's win-win situations. It it turned a little more like, okay, let's get as much as we can out of this so we can mm. make as much money as we can. Right. Which money is super fun and cool. Yeah. But let's make money in a way that's like good for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. In a way that makes our planet, humanity, and everyone thrive, not like at the expense of someone else or something else. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love the point that you mentioned about the connection that we are kind of losing right now. And now it becomes clear, like how, like really knowing and building this connection to our food, it could lead to a healthier relationship to the planet. Because when we know where the food is coming from, that it comes from planet Earth, Mother Earth and the soil, we develop a deeper connection and empathy for the planet uh, uh, in, in, in general. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of the disconnect that we see of why people don't care about the environment is because they they just don't sense that connection, and it's so beautiful that you're rebuilding the lost connection through food, which is very close to our day to day kind of routine. We we eat food every day, but we often stop and pause and think about where's the food coming from, and if we could build that awareness, yes, uh, that could change the whole relationship and awareness around environment and and, and Mother Earth around us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm curious now, like, uh, you've had a, a unique experience of cooking for retreats. Yes. Which I think is a very uh, different environment from, you know, a restaurant yeah. or, you know, like, uh, and I've been to a couple of retreats and like you said, it's a, it's a very unique space where people get to slow down more. People go there for an intention or purpose to become a better person, to be to connect more to themselves. Yeah. So I'm curious, what's your experience like? Because you have a bunch of different uh, experiences, even as a chef, like you cook yeah. in different environments. Yeah. Uh, what What's so unique about cooking for retreats? Yeah. So the unique, I mean, one of the most unique things as a chef cooking for a retreat is I'm solely responsible for the food. Mm. They don't really have another option. I mean, they could try and leave for every meal, but you kind of miss out on the retreat experience. Mm. So in a way, it becomes a family. I'm responsible for feeding everyone. Mm. Um, I remember when I first started cooking for retreats, there was I was very nervous mm. because I was like, man, if they don't like the food, they're kind of stuck with it, you know? Right. And I've heard people talk about going on retreats where the food sucks. Yeah. Because I'm a chef, you know, they right. tell me. And... Um, so in the same way, though, it's a very special opportunity because for this whole time period, I am responsible for their food. So I can bring in all these new food experiences mm. and new awarenesses to them of like new ingredients. And because I would be going like to local farms and I would go to trees I know and harvest the food, I would be sharing all these gifts with them. So people would be... Mm really amazed and really inspired and mm. I could have a big impact on their life 
just by feeding them, really. Mm. And some of the most um, impactful retreats were actually the silent retreats. Mm. And I think it was because they were slowing down and I had like all these beautiful herbs and really cool stuff for them to try. And they were being so present with it. And people were actually having like their whole relationship with food change Mm. because of that experience. And because the food I was getting was so fresh and vibrant and full of life force and chi and and then prepared in a way that's like healthy and very delicious. Mm. So they're like, whoa, like what is it? You know, yeah, right. this is good for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, this does taste really good. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of people, I, I think it's shifting, but for some time period, like healthy and delicious didn't go together for a lot of people. Yeah. Now it does. There's more and more really awesome chefs that have really like mastered using all these different ingredients and techniques for healthy food that tastes really good. Mm. Um, so yeah I would say that and like this sort of um, it becomes more like a family because yeah. you're with everyone for this time period and there's it's a container that you're all kind of in and depending on the retreat there's different uh, rules in a way mm. that are different than in regular society which are a lot of unspoken rules mm. and a lot of it is almost like breaking down some of these rules so that people can be more authentic and more real and that's uh it's a special energy to be in it's really yeah. nice yeah yeah and it'd be strange at the end of the retreats you know because it was like you build this awesome thing and then yeah. it's like okay now we're gonna go back <laughs> yeah, yeah but i could bring it back and um yeah so it's a really fun environment to really like share my gift with people. Yeah, it's, I like the part yeah. where you're kind of involving people in the process of kind of cooking. Like, oh, this is these are the ingredients that you're gonna be using for the for what you're gonna cook for today. Yeah. And I, I could like just this morning I I saw a dragon fruit tree for the first time. Okay, I cool. Saw, I never knew that it looks like a cactus. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, I. It, so many dragon fruits in Bali, I never knew the where it came from was the source. And having yeah. even just by having seen that, my love and appreciation for dragon fruit like grew so much more. Totally, yeah. So I could totally see the impact of this involving people in this process, seeing where the food comes from, and and this builds so much connection to to nature, to Mother Earth. Yeah. Um, and I, I forgot to mention the introduction, but you also uh you found in this uh, Ulu Food Forest. Yes. Uh, you want to speak a little more to, to, to what that's about? Yeah, yeah. So Ulu Food Forest is a community food forest, and a forest, a food forest, is basically um, a forest which mm. is composed of trees and other plants and animals that all have this relationship. And so, food forest is basically mimicking the natural cycles of a forest and growing mostly food. Mm. So it's sort of like the Garden of Eden. Mm. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the goal. Yeah. And and it's not, for me, Ulu Food Forest is not really just about the food. Mm. It's really a space for people to get connected to the earth. Mm. Especially uh, in Bali, there's a lot of Westerners traveling and we're living this very kind of luxurious, beautiful life that's yeah. amazing. And not that many Westerners are really like doing physical work or mm. like getting their hands in the earth. Yeah. And there's a lot of really cool blessings from that. So it opened a space for that connection and and for healing, like all the healing that can happen by connecting with the earth. Mm. Um, so that and and also as we're working in the garden, we're not just focusing on like growing a tree so we can get food. We're actually doing a lot of focus on building soil. So we're like 
growing and creating really vibrant, nutrient-dense soil mm. and doing water restoration as well. So getting more water to go back into the groundwater and saved on the land, um, which as a result will grow very beautiful trees. And, mm. and they all start to work together. So we create an environment of more abundance. Yeah. yeah. And you're also creating a sense of community. Like just, yes. just so beautiful to see like people in Uluwatu coming together and like starting, you know, uh, playing soils and like really managing the garden and it just creates this connection among each other and, yes and even I, i've been there once and i was just amazed by like the the work that it took to just like you know fertilize the soil like chopping grass that took so much effort and like physical uh uh effort and 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 by being in that process like by being so involved uh i could see how again people develop deeper appreciation or what's being served on their plate because again people tend to be when people don't care about something it's because they they haven't seen themselves much enough in the process of whatever is involved in that thing and yeah. like bringing people together not only you're connecting them and also getting them involved in the, this whole process you're deepening the connection to again food mother nature yeah so exactly it's really beautiful yeah and i'm curious for you like how do you um have have you always developed this love for nature and your um the awareness for like being a some being part of something bigger than just yourself which is like caring for the planet like how did that awareness and consciousness kind of develop in your life yeah so the first one with nature yeah since i was a kid i've loved like climbing trees and mm. exploring and like the mountains by my house and being in nature and that's both of my parents love that. So I kind of grew up in a nature friendly home. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I love that. And as far as the, I think the second question was regarding like um, caring for things bigger than myself. Mm. That, I would say that has developed more and more the more inner work and more like searching I've done within myself. Mm of like um, originally searching for freedom from unpleasant sensations or pain within myself of like, okay, this is so much pain. I'm feeling, how do I stop feeling mm -hmm. this? Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, what do I do to stop? Yeah. And then um, as I've been on that journey, it's like most of the pain is actually connected to lies or untruth or things I couldn't be present with. So as mm -hmm. I've cleared more and more of that, then, and, and felt this sort of moments of, uh, being very lost or like mm -hmm. very deep struggle within myself. Of, and it really led me to question why, why am I here? Like, mm -hmm. what is, what am I doing here? You know, right. So yeah. asking that question, well, it started mostly from a place of like a lot of like pain and fear and this kind of stuff. And as I've worked through those layers more and more, it's become more clear to me what I want to do with my life here, mm. or at least in this time and where I want to focus my life force and energy. Mm. And by doing the work and continuing to do the work to clear up, trapped life force which is maybe like lies or things i haven't been present with not lies like i'm telling lies like mm. lies within myself right um then i get more energy so that energy is like 
I have access to it and then I get to focus it on something. Right. And so that for me, that just feels like a very worthwhile place to put my energy mm. and and the food forests and also this vision of growing bigger forests and like reforesting um, places that have been deforested this kind of stuff i could see how big of an impact it can have on everything really it's like on the water on the soil on the air on humans it's like it's quite a positive thing yeah and so for me i was like yeah that's that's a good use of this energy yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah, I love hearing that and just kind of getting a framework of how could one uh, really elevate their consciousness and get to this place of like being in tune with their purpose and working, being in service for, service for something bigger than themselves. And for you, it was really clearing out all this like leaking energy forces, you know, because of all this different different things, the pain and all the trauma that I guess you were dealing with, like we're and, and a lot of people on this planet were, uh, are trapped with this trauma that's kind of holding them down and we spend so much energy in kind of running away from the shadows or trying to uh, distract yourself from the pain and if we could really be with the pain and 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 sit with and, and clear and, and release this this pain and trauma and shadows then there's so much kind of um, energy in our uh, in, in in our that we could release and channel into something more meaningful, like yourself, like working on this big vision and projects that is in the service and in the for the betterment of the whole like the humanity. Yeah, so I love hearing that and kind of because uh, I've always been thinking about like what how can people kind of go to the next stage of like the human development and like working toward something that is bigger than themselves. And I love hearing your journey in in getting there. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious if you're open to share a bit more about like what specifically that you went through that got you to start evaluating, analyzing, and doing that deep inner work. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to share that. Um, but one other thing I wanted to share is I'm not, I still experience pain and discomfort. Mm. And so it's not like I don't experience that yeah. anymore. Um, I just have a different relationship to it and am able to focus my energy more on like what I want to create. And then mm. as I expand, I hit blocks and then I, um, I do sure. my best to handle them so yeah. I can keep expanding and keep having a positive impact. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that you pointed yeah. that out because there's always this like idea or misconception that oh, when someone is enlightened, they're like, will always be in like love and light and everything is sunshine and rainbow. But mm -hmm. no, we're like still, we're all human beings and like pain and discomfort is part of the whole journey. It never yeah. goes away. It's just, I think we just changes our relationship to them. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I've gotten, I feel lighter in myself and I've gotten faster at releasing blocked energy. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I think as I've gained more of my life force back, I have more ability to look at things that I might've been afraid to look at in myself. Mm. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I can't go to it. <laughs> yeah. Where before I was like, well, no, I want to see that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's a, it's sort of a skill set of like, and it takes time to develop that. Yeah. Or at least it took me time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the question was, can you repeat the second question? Yeah, yeah specifically yeah. around that tough times that you went through. Oh, yeah, the tough time. Started this whole journey. Yeah, so I'm, 
Okay, I'll start in one place. I was just trying to like identify where to start mm. in this. Um, I had tough, like in my childhood, I had quite a few challenging experiences, um, which I can go into. But I think what I'm going to go into is the sh- the moment where I kind of shift onto mm. the journey, which is also what you were talking about, and uh, it's kind of a I think it's kind of interesting, so I'll share that. Yes, please. Um, I had I graduated college. I studied art in college, and I actually uh, traveled to Indonesia for six months after. Mm. And after that, I was uh, searching for how I was going to make an income. I studied mm. art in college, so I was working on some art projects and selling them. I did like some uh, drawings to present to Patagonia for their t-shirts. They bought one of them. It was like, I was making a little money, but not a whole lot. And I was also growing a bunch of food. I got Mm. really inspired to grow food. And so I was growing food, making art, and surfing. Not making much money. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a job working at a bird rehabilitation center, Mm. which was really cool but also not that cool of a job because i was basically like cleaning up bird poop out of the cages and feeding them dead rats so that was and some of the birds were trying to attack me so yeah to be like super sly and like get the food in and get out <laughs> did you know yeah. what we're doing for grateful <laughs> brats yeah so um and uh yeah and i had like a solid girlfriend at the time and mm-hmm. it was cool and but i was really searching how can i make money and in that time, I got a call and asked if I could work for Will Smith, if I would come and cook a meal, basically. Right. They wanted wow. a healthy chef, and someone, a woman had heard about me because I was doing some private dinners with the food I was growing. Uh, so you're already, yeah. like, cooking and... Yeah, cooking. I had, in college, I had um, interned at a restaurant, and right. I had I got a job there, So I and it was fine dining, so I was, like, fairly trained, but... Right. Not that trained, really. Right. I just uh, wonder, like, how does one get a phone call to work for Will Smith, you know? It was pretty much, like, uh, magic, I would say. Right. Yeah, I, I wasn't applying for it. Wow. I wasn't really... I had had the thought. I remember, like, like three years prior, I had been like, maybe I'll be a personal chef. You know, right. I just kind of had the thought. Right. But that was about it. And um, it was just the right place at the right time, and I was doing the right thing, mm. which was making really healthy food with a lot of stuff I had grown and they were kind of in an urgent situation where they wanted to eat healthier all of a sudden. Mm. And then had a, from what I understand, they had a healthier chef in Kauai on their vacation and they're like, Hey, we're coming home. We want to eat healthy now. Mm-hmm. So like the, the um, head chef and the crew were like, okay, we need a healthy chef. Mm. Uh, anyway, so I, I got, it was, I worked as a freelance chef, but I pretty much worked there on and off for four and a half years wow. and it was my it was my main job it was like three or four days a week mm. and then there was a few times a few months where I didn't work and mm. that kind of a thing um and it really was like this big expansion for me because yeah. all of a sudden I'm making like way more money yeah I'm like um really getting pushed in my creativity and like I have like a nice budget and a really nice kitchen to work in mm. and each time you know, they want different meals, it's not like I can't cook the same thing every day. So I'm like, all right, what am I going to create? Yeah. So I was like, yeah. creative and like working really hard and like, I was definitely the other chefs were more trained. So I was like, I sort of had to like learn a lot fast, mm. and I was like really focused. And 
it was a big expansion for me. And people are like, oh, well, how you work for, you know, people make a big deal of that. Right. And so <laughs> that also, I wouldn't say I was like, yeah, I'm Will Smith's chef. Right. But on some level, it was like, yeah, I'm Will Smith, one of his chefs. I wasn't his right. only chef. There's right. multiple chefs. Um, so it had this sort of uh, big expansion for me in my life. Mm. And I had my girlfriend. We had a house we were living in. And I got to surf a lot. It was like really good time in my life. Wow. Um, so the, sh- the shift was the end of that time period mm. when... Um, I stopped cooking for them. It was, I kind of got fired slash let go. Mm. It was like a mixture. And then I ended up working for them again a little bit. But anyways, that, that ended and I had worked really hard, like for a month straight, like pretty much the hardest I'd ever worked. Wow. And I was really tired. I remember being like exhausted from working so much. And then I got kind of, I don't know how what we want to call it, but fired, let go. Mm. And and then shortly after that, my girlfriend and I split up. So everything sort of fell apart. Uh, it was yeah. like this, like everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, wow. wow. And it just. And it went, like in, in one go. Like, it went, um, it was, it, the first was the job. And then I think I was very exhausted. And I was kind of like a little lost after that. And so I wasn't showing up as good in the relationship and so then that kind of fell apart and um and the relationship was the thing that really like cracked me in a way but it was i think it was the whole sequence and i remember just like crying i was crying so hard i felt like i was gonna die i remember that like like it was like so much intense feeling coming out of me and it and you know as i went on and did more and more personal work I realized it was not even that those situations that was causing it was old pain that I had not felt for the Mm -hmm. most part Um, but that really like cracked me open that moment and it really set me seeking kind of seeking like freedom or relief from the amount of discomfort I was feeling I was like Mm -hmm. crying every day and just being like like how do I I don't want to live like this forever how do I get out of this right yeah and so I was searching for um yeah I tried all different kinds of like um ceremonies and meditation groups and Mm. processing work and I found a few things that that really resonated and really helped me a lot. Mm. And those, the two main ones were um, a processing work, which is like a one-on-one therapy that helps people find more truth in themselves. Mm. I mean, there's a lot more depth to it than that, but that's the simple. And that I ended up uh, training in actually. So I can give sessions in that now. Mm. And then also um, sweat lodge and native American ceremonies. Mm. And I also trained in that. So the two that like really helped me, I, trained and learned how to do and help people with mm. as well so wow. um so yeah that was that was the moment <laughs> it was like a big yeah it's yeah. like you're just kind of forced into it like there's yeah pretty much it was like am i just gonna like lay around and cry all the time or am right. i gonna like figure out what's going on here yeah like, <laughs> yeah and yeah to go and yeah uh, and i was like i'm like going going on the journey yeah yeah and, and what do you learn through this whole kind of process like what was 
the key for you uh, and what was that source of pain and discomfort because you realized that they're underlying there's more to like what you thought was the source mm -hmm. and yeah what did you discover through this whole process or how do you attain that feeling of inner freedom oh how have i in a way mm -hmm. um well i don't always feel it mm -hmm. but i feel it more now mm -hmm. and um i think the main thing is to go within and find more truth mm. that's really that's really it mm. and because the all the pain and discomfort is generally lies or um traumatic incidents that i went unpresent and didn't fully experience so by going back to them and fully experiencing them mm. and then like um freeing that that energy but also freeing uh, through freeing the energy also seeing the identities i created based on those experiences mm. and and freeing them and then creating new identities that work for what i do want to create and mm. like what i really want and that are more like aligned with who i truly am mm. does that make sense yeah yeah going deeper and deeper and really seeking what that truth really is for you yes and really facing that instead of kind of running away from it yeah yeah and before i would say i was yeah i wasn't really willing or even like aware it was so much pain inside that i was just like i would surf a lot work do mm. and i was pretty happy but i also was not uh like I wasn't being my greatest self or living in my greatness mm -hmm. yeah yeah because uh, I mean I, I've had a couple of chef friends and they told me so I'm quite aware of like they're they're really strict and rigid and and kind of terrible working hours <laughs> like being uh -huh. in, their, yeah. in their kitchen the whole day and yeah in a way, it could be some sort of a distraction from being able to go inward and and really sit with all this pain that's coming because you're constantly in the in the kitchen to working. Focus, like, yeah, yeah, like really long hours. Yeah, I didn't do that so much. Mine was more surfing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I realized I didn't really want to be cooking that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At least in that kind of an environment. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would use surfing and pretty positive things. Really, I didn't like get super into drugs or i'd smoked weed i drank sometimes but it wasn't like too extreme with the avoidance in that way mm. i think it was mostly like um just surfing and staying busy but but in general it was just um my my full expression was limited mm. and i feel like in that stage and even like up until now like releasing this book Mm. there's been part of me that is restrained mm. and i can feel it like the self like restraint and i'm like i know that there's big things that i'm here to share mm. and whatever that is within myself that i'm holding myself back i want to handle that mm. so that i can give the gifts that i'm yeah. here to give yeah yeah is that what what what's the like biggest change that you saw after that big um transformative event after you know everything kind of was falling apart and then you went yeah. on this journey to kind of find yourself and to find the truth 
Yeah. How did that part of your life kind of change you as a person? Well, I became way more self-aware. Mm. Um, I what I'm teaching now, I wouldn't have been able to teach then. Mm. So I think it kind of allowed this part of me that wants to teach and share to come mm. out. Where before I had known that, I remember when I was cooking for uh, Will Smith and his family, and there was times I was like, I want to be like, I was really into raw food at the time and like superfoods. I was studying like a ton about it, and I was like, I want to teach about this. and But I wasn't that wasn't really what I came here to teach actually. Mm. And I needed to like go through this journey to like have a higher awareness mm. to know what I want to teach about mm. and how to communicate it and teach it and how to like understand mm. a sim like a simple process that I just do. Well, I can't teach that unless I can break it down and go, how did I do that? And so this level of like inquiry and self-awareness has allowed me to go, oh, this is, this is how my, the process works so I can share it with someone. Mm. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing is really going deep underneath the layers of the, the motivations. Like you thought you wanted to, you know, cook raw food, but when you go dig deeper from what I'm hearing is like, are you actually really want to share how we can develop a healthier, lifestyle relationship to planet earth and all yeah. that's this bigger purpose uh, that there's kind of like underlying underneath that what you think was oh, this is what I'm, what I'm gonna do but actually yeah. this is really what i'm gonna do and share with the world yeah exactly and it's really about connection mm. like that's kind of the underline or overline or whatever you want to call it that, right that's the theme word is the connection right and it, as i went on the journey i'm trying i tried a lot of different diets and it was super cool because i learned that they cooked for them and learned different ingredients but i noticed that that for a lot of people that's actually um, a way of disconnection or separation mm. similar to how religion could be that mm. and um Food is like such a beautiful thing that connects people. Mm. And if you think of like indigenous tribes, they're not like, nobody's like, no, sorry, I'm not, I'm vegan or I'm paleo. Yeah. I'm not, you know, it's like, right. everyone's like, wow, I'm so grateful I got food and we're, this right. is what's here for us. We're going to eat it. Right. And we're super connected because we like hunted it and we grew it and we harvested it. Right. Um, so it's it's an interesting uh, yeah. time we're in. You know? Yeah, yeah, like a light bulb <laughs> kind of idea that I got from you is like how food is just a medium to get to what you really want to bring out to the planet, which is connection. Yeah, you know, like it's and and a lot of us got lost in the 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 means instead of the end. You know, a yeah. lot of people were thought like what they really want to do is make a lot of money or like buy this and like get that. But at the end of the day, what they want to is like a sense of recognitions. And what does that go deeper into is like love. They want to yeah. feel loved. Yeah. But we got lost into the, the medium to get there and not really get to the source of what they really want. And the medium can always change, but really asking ourselves, what is that one thing that truly yeah. makes us feel alive and really feels us? And for you, it's that connection. And you found how to get there through food. Yeah, it's, I would say I found how to get there through going within, mm. and through food is how I teach people yeah. about it. Yes, that's yeah. clarifying that. Yeah, food and growing food, and yeah, and it's food is something that I like 
loved so much my whole life like mm-hmm. when i was a little kid i was like super into like mm. food and i had a hot sauce collection and i was like always you know it was just like very interesting for me mm. and it, it like you were saying earlier it's such it's a big part of almost everyone's life yeah and so it's a really good access point yes and food actually was kind of the start of my spiritual journey mm. before that um, experience I just shared about where I kind of broke down and things fell apart. Mm. I started working on my diet and I started get becoming more aware of like, how does that feel when I eat this thing and learning about my relationship to those and getting more nutrients in my body. Because mm. in order to do the deeper spiritual work, it's super helpful if we're like well nourished. Yes. Yeah, if we're not that yeah. well nourished, it's hard to do that stuff. That too, yeah. So it is an entry point for a lot of people on that path. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wow, just speaking to you, I just like have so much more appreciation to food. It's just not like something that you just take into your body to like sustain yourself. But there's so much to it that like yeah. we just don't have the awareness of. Yeah. Uh, and. And and I want to kind of get to the community aspect. At, at what yeah. point do you realize like food can really bring people together? Was that through your time when you spent in with the with the tribes in the in the in South America? Um, no, that that started as a kid. Really, mm. I just that was our family. Food is what one of the main things that brought our family together was like we would eat dinner together. Mm. My mom would cook, like we would help her cook and. We'd all sit at the dinner table and eat. Mm. So that was really like our main, one of the main things our family did together and growing the food too, because we always had gardens when I was growing up. Mm. So that was really like a huge place of connection. And then even with my extended family, like for Christmas and Thanksgiving, we'd go to my grandma's and like have a big meal. And it was kind of like the thing that brought everyone together. Mm. Yeah. So. And then the community element, you know, that's that's one thing, because like in the family, there's a community culture in a way that everyone's brought together. But then there's creating community outside of family, which is actually a different skill set, because mm-hmm. you have all these people coming in with different they come from different families. They have different ideas. Mm. And how do you create a space where they feel like safe and connected and loved and um that I really, I think I learned the most about that from my teacher, uh, Tom Bustler, and he's um, he studied the tradition from the Mi'kmaq. It's a mm. native tribe from Eastern Canada, which I've studied too through mm. him. And yeah, I really learned a lot about being in my heart and creating community and mm. from him and doing the sweat lodges. Mm. We had a really good community around that, and there was. There was definitely like a, w- a way of holding that space and that energy. Yeah. And that with my cooking, that comes in some, but with the food forest, it's really quite similar. Like the way I hold that is very similar to what I learned from him. Mm. So, Can you share a little more about sweat lodges? Because I don't think that's something. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, with. A sweat lodge is a native ceremony popular um, for Native American tribes. But I think there's other places around the world that do it as well. And generally there's a domed structure. Outside of the dome structure is a big fire with lava rocks in it. And then once the fire breaks down and the lava rocks are hot, somebody brings them into the structure. 
where um, there's a circle of people around the outside mm. and the structure is usually covered with um, blankets or something to keep the warmth in. Mm. And then the person leading the ceremony, it's called the water pourer. They pour water onto the stones that let off the steam and also put different uh, plant medicines that let like aromas off. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like how it works. There's four rounds generally. Um, and then the deeper part of that is there's um, a lot of different spirit helpers that come in and people um, offer prayers for things they want help with or things they want to call into their life. Mm. And the spirit helpers come and uh, help help people. Mm. So that's Beautiful. the simple version of it. Yeah. <laughs> to really know, it, know about it, you kind of got to go to what? Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to go to one. I've been yeah. hearing a lot about sweat lodge. Yeah, and there's different styles of sweat lodge. Yeah, so yeah. I learned the tradition from the Mi'kmaq. Mm. Yeah, is the name of a tribe? tribe? Yeah. Okay. Mi'kmaq or Mi'kmaq? It's pronounced both ways. Mm. Yeah. And were you there just to? Was this part of your that inner journey and exploration? How do you end up there? Yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> I said, I was trying all these different things. I'm just trying get some relief from my pain right um, and yeah I had gone to a couple sweat lodges with one community and I remember watching the the fire keeper so that's the person that tends the fire mm. they make the fire they light it they add logs to it and then they also bring the stones into the sweat lodge we call the stones the uh, grandfathers mm. and so I remember watching someone do that and I was like I kind of want to like try that like mm. I had this feeling I wanted to do it right but I didn't really know like do you ask or did they ask you or how does this happen you know? yeah because it's not really like spoken about so right. much um, and then I went to I got invited to a lodge with my teacher and I think it was the first or second one I went to with him and he asked me if I would be the fire keeper mm. and I was like yeah super hard <laughs> especially the first time yeah yeah well I was trying to do everything perfect so it was way harder yeah, yeah. And then eventually he told me uh, if I wanted him to teach me, it'd be good to give him some tobacco. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do for like exchange in that tradition. Mm -hmm. And so I gave him tobacco and uh, he became my teacher. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I did a lot of ceremonies helping him and then some specific ceremonies for me and like my path. Mm -hmm. And um, then I went through a process and was invited to carry a pipe, which is for, used for healing ceremonies. Mm. And then I also did a fast to lead sweat lodges. So I have permission to lead them, but I haven't done it yet. Mm. So it's a big responsibility and I will do it when the time's right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's so much Maybe more so. to it than yeah. just like getting people together in a hot room. <laughs> Yeah, th th there's, I mean, it's quite a, like, leading that is a huge responsibility yeah. and also a huge giveaway. Yeah. It's really a lot of um, giving to support other people. Yeah, I really admire my teacher for the, he helps so many people. Mm. It's really cool. And, and your relationship and appreciation to nature, um, did it purely come from this, how you grew up with your family? I'm just curious because... A lot of us currently are very, especially those who live in like the urban areas, we're very disconnected from nature. Uh -huh. it, the thought of like growing our own food or like going to the garden and plant our soil is just, it just we never thought like even bothered about that. But for yeah. you, how do you, how do you develop this love for this process? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I grew up doing it, so I would mm. say that's kind of the answer. But I didn't always like it that much when I was a kid. Yeah. Because I had to, like, pull the weeds, which is not that fun of a yeah. job, you know? So I remember being like, oh, I got to pull weeds, and I, like, wanted right. to play, you know? But um, I think just, like, being able to, like, climb in a tree. Like, we have a really beautiful apricot tree in my mom's yard. Mm. And, like, climb in the tree and, like, eat this amazing fruit and, like, just the amazing gifts that come mm. out of the garden and out of nature. And also noticing, like, um, after I go surfing or after I go swimming in a creek or spend time in a forest, how much better I feel. Mm. I generally feel a lot better after I do that. Yeah. So just having that awareness and being like, wait, if I'm like on my computer all day or in the city, I don't feel so good. Yeah. But if I go out in nature, I'm like, oh, I feel like way happier and better. So <laughs> yeah. I think that it has inspired me to make sure that I could be in nature a lot in my life. Yeah. And also that to contribute back to that thing that's given to me so much. Mm, yeah. yeah. Have you, where, where, where's, um, Will Smith's, uh, house? Is it in, I, I was imagining it's in like a big city or like somewhere in the, in the urban area. It's, so it's close to LA, but it's, it's outside of LA. Right. And it's actually like a big, um, kind of big ranch. Like okay. there's actually a lot of nature around this house. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious if you've like interacted a lot with people from the cities who are very so used to the like hustle and bustle and fast pace kind of life, uh-huh. and if you notice any difference or any, um, yeah, like how how they view life, how they what the lifestyle is like versus you who like grew up spending a lot of time in nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely noticed <laughs> yeah. a difference. Yeah, it's a different uh, frequency, different way of operating. Yeah, and it also has cool things to it. You know, like when I go to a city, I'm not so, I'm not as good in a city as someone mm. that grew up there that like really knows that. Mm. You know, I don't know it as well. It's not like I never go to cities. Yeah, yeah. Like I grew up going to cities. But, yeah. And I, when I was a little kid, I really liked going to um, San Francisco. Mm. I liked the like street buskers and all that kind of stuff. Like people playing music on the street. And mm. So, um, I mean, every person is so different. It's hard to say, like, yeah. city people are this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But definitely there's a, a difference. And I think for people from the city, it nature can be something that there's more fear around mm. and also discomfort yeah. in a way. It can be uncomfortable. And I think for people that are wanting to get into nature more, to start with something gentle Mm. just like go to the beach or go to a park and mm. um just maybe put your hand on the plant and see if you can a tree or something to see if you can feel a, mm. a connection there and see if you can notice if you feel different after doing that experience mm. because nature can be uncomfortable there's like it can be bugs and thorns and yeah you know it's not always like yeah. this perfect yeah. thing but with those things also there's all these beautiful blessings that are like really amazing, mm-hmm. awesome, beautiful places. And yeah, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, for those who have never really spent much time in nature, I think they're just missing a lot on like what it feels like just to be human again and be part of something bigger. I think that's a, that's a yeah, it's a key part of experiencing this transcendental kind of state of mind. It's like it's good in nature, and I realize how we're so connected to like every being's like yeah. around us and feeling 
this this feeling of like ah like I don't have to only think about myself. Like, you, I, I yeah. feel like every time I'm like big in nature, I feel like my ego gets smaller and smaller because I'm uh, like I'm part of something that's so big and grandiose and magnificent. Like, yeah, it's just it, I feel in awe. And, totally. And that's something that I feel a lot of people who are stuck in this like really fast-paced lifestyle is is missing the feeling of awe, the feeling of being slowed down and and just chill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's relaxing. <laughs> exactly. Relax. Exactly. relax. And then, yeah, it's the same for me because I, um, I, because I'm launching this book and Instagram and we're, I'm really working towards creating more of an online income. Mm. So that requires quite a lot of computer time and yeah. phone calls. And, um, I notice every week when I go to the food forest, by the end of it, I always feel a lot better. Mm. And, and I would say pretty consistently, like a majority of the people that come, feel i don't know about i would say maybe twice as good afterwards mm -hmm. like people are really feeling good after being in yeah. nature it's, it's incredible you know? yeah it's like yeah it's very yeah. therapeutic and healing and energizing yeah <laughs> and i think the community because they're working together they're right. making friends and they're with the plants and but just that experience really like gives people some beautiful gift mm. and it's i think it's also very close to like maybe how we used to live before we had big cities and all this technology. People were working with the land and they were cooking together and they were in community. So there's some part of us that remembers and knows yeah. that. And so when we get some of it, it's like, ah, oh, yes, it feels good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That part of yeah. us that a lot of us have forgotten that we yeah. are part of a tribe and then we go to this forest and we hunt and we grow food and, Today's like this modern age has disconnected us from from that, from our ancestors and how we used to live and what like being human actually feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So we need more like Ulu food forests and all this communal like gatherings that get people together in nature and and, yeah. and rebuild and remember this this part of us that uh, we we have uh, a lot of us have forgotten and left behind. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that's cool. I get to help people. Mm. reconnect to the nature and i like it it's really fun yeah yeah you're doing an incredible like important work here yeah thank you uh, i think we're coming close to the end okay and i know that apart from cooking and bring communities together you're yeah. also an artist yeah who knows how to beatbox yeah <laughs> so i love how you're gonna end this on like a high with note the beatbox? with a beatbox okay are you gonna <laughs> rap or what you could rap a song yes you also can you join me there i mean no, I could like make some sound, but I don't think I yeah, know how to rap. Get back to nature, y'all. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get some natural food, dude. You gotta keep it chillin', cause I got a good feeling deep in my heart is open so wide. Yo, it's Galactivate, activate, this is the time. Get off your computers and for your mind. Get your feet back in the earth, this is the time. Like a tree and a bee, bird, butterfly. People wonder why I gotta give it to the most high peaks, cause I freak to the beat and I seek truth within. Coming once again, I'm here with Edric. Kick, 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 kick it. Boom, boom. Boom, boom.
Yeah, one, two, three, and we out. Ah, uh, so good. That's the best way I've ended my podcast episode. <laughs>